0: Welcome to Meet the Leader, a podcast where top leaders share how they're tackling the world's toughest challenges. In today's annual Top Books Special, we share the books that inspired, informed, and changed the lives of some of the world's top leaders. Subscribe to Meet the Leader on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. And please take a moment to rate and review us. I'm Linda Lacina from the World Economic Forum And this is Meet the Leader. I'm a huge fan of Adam Grant.
1: The book that changed my life and really got me into space full time, which has been a lifelong passion, is called The Last Lecture.
0: I read all the time and there's many, many books on my shelf that I'd love to recommend. One of my favorite things to do on Meet the Leader is ask for the book recommendation. In my opinion, those book recommendations are like mini-podcasts all their own because they usually spark a story. Usually they helped change someone's mind or change how they reacted to a situation or even change a relationship in their life. Our team talked to a range of leaders in 2023 at events all over the world. Leaders this year shared business books and history books and their selections never failed to surprise and impress me. This is my third year doing this roundup episode and it is always a crowd pleaser. I know that there are selections here that will make your next book haul, help you shop for that hard-to-buy-for person, or even help you be a little bit more sharp and prepared for 2024 and everything that lies ahead. We'll get started with the books that have helped leaders with the block and tackle needed to reshape markets and business itself. Blake Shawl is the founder and CEO of Boom Supersonic. That's a company whose supersonic jets will one day help us cross the Pacific in less time than it takes us to cross the Atlantic today, all with sustainable aviation fuel. He's also a self-described ad tech guy who on paper might not have the background you'd expect to be an aviation CEO. He talked to me about how it's possible to use whatever you have learned in seemingly unrelated roles and experiences to get the skills that you need to do what you dream Blake is an entrepreneur and knows something about innovation. His pick, The Innovator's Dilemma by Clayton Christensen, is a classic, one that is often cited, but one that not everyone has actually read. And he explains how it can help entrepreneurs and those in established companies better understand how their innovations will reshape markets. I'll let him explain
1: more. One of my my all-time favorite business books is The Innovator's Dilemma. And it is widely cited. People talk about disruptive innovation. This is the book that coined the term. But for anybody who thinks they know what that means, but has not actually read the book, I would highly recommend it, uh, both for entrepreneurs as well as leaders of established companies. It explains in a way the... The physics of, of market evolution, and what cases do entrenched companies tend to succeed even when there's change, and in which cases do, do new entrants have a fundamental structural advantage in, uh, in a period of change.
0: Aaron Tartakovsky is the co-founder and CEO of Epic Clean Tech. That's a startup that's helping to advance the adoption of on-site water reuse technology in buildings. He shared a book with tactical advice for leaders looking to navigate and reshape big systems to make change happen. Here's Aaron.
2: One of my favorite books is called Regulatory Hacking, and it is all about how to navigate the challenges and the ins and outs of a highly regulated industry. Um, It chronicles a lot of sort of the companies that have done that type of work, companies like Uber. So for any company working in a highly regulated space, I very strongly recommend picking up a copy of Regulatory Hacking. And uh, I don't get a commission from this, so just an honest, an honest recommendation.
0: Many of our leaders suggested books that helped them better pursue their passions. Leaders like Dylan Taylor. Dylan Taylor is the chairman and CEO of Voyager Space, a space infrastructure company that's working on building the replacement to the aging International Space Station. He talked to meet the leader in January of 2023 about a book that meant a lot to him, The Last Lecture, a book that reinforced to him that it's possible to pursue your passions.
1: Here's Dylan. A book that changed my life and really got me into space full time, which has been a lifelong passion, is called The Last Lecture. It was written by Randy Pausch. Uh, it's a book. Uh, it's also a lecture that you can watch on YouTube. I'd probably commend to you the YouTube first and then the book second. Uh, and I won't give it away, but it's he's a professor at Carnegie Mellon. And their tradition uh, when people are retiring is to give a last lecture. This is his last lecture. And what would somebody take from that if they read the last lecture? Well, I can I can tell you what I took from it. It is that you have to be leaning into your passion. Mm -hmm. And there are two elements of that. One is a lot of people say, I'm not really sure what that is. If you're not sure, go back in time. And the closer you get to your kind of first memory, the closer you are to what you're truly passionate about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, go back to your childhood, in effect. So that's one key takeaway. Second key takeaway, without giving too much away about the book is that you can have your cake and eat it too. You don't necessarily have to quit your day job and go full-time in your passion. You can have both of those worlds for a period of time. And Randy was a great example of that. And in his lecture, he talks about that.
0: Jabra Braid is a sustainable energy specialist and researcher who works for eGuide. That's an initiative transforming electricity infrastructure in developing regions in Nigeria. Her pick has helped serve as a compass for her. And maybe it's a book that will do the same for you. Uh, I recommend the book How Will You
3: Measure Your Life by uh, Clayton Christensen. And uh, the reason I do this is because I feel like personally um, it's always important to have a compass for your life and determine your own metrics of what success would look like. Um, so that as we go into the world and we see different interpretations of success, we already have a compass that is guiding us and our own metrics. So we're not distracted, but we're always reminded of our why, our purpose and that compass. And it sort of guides us through life in a sense. So. I think for me, um, at every point in time, I, I always think of first, what really is my purpose, you know, beyond everything? And I also think, how do I define myself outside my work? because work and everything can be taken away and when it's taken away what's left and that also always helps me to think hey my compass should be who am i as an individual and how do i become the best version the kindest individual that outside of all the work that i do that kindness and that strength in my individuality is still there and also how do I ensure that I'm more focused on deeper connections with people and with relationships that would outlast all the work. And for me, that's kind of how I measure my life. So. I, I try to take this, as difficult as it is sometimes, um, into every space I am and every work that I do. And I always come back to that. How, who am I outside this work? And how am I ensuring that I'm connecting with people who are more important outside of the work?
0: Mitzi Short is an executive coach and CEO of New Season Coaching and Consulting Group. She's also a member of the Band of Sisters, a group of coaches and women with decades of leadership experience who are working to dismantle gender bias through education, awareness, and coaching. We talked to her this fall about how women can better position themselves for better roles and her lessons learned from her own personal experience. Her book pick is one that spoke to her and has helped inform her work as both a mentor and coach. Here's Mitzi. I like uh, Byron Katie's Loving What Is. Um, that's really impactful book. Well, one of the things that it's helped me with, and particularly as I interact with others from a coaching perspective, is sometimes we tell ourselves stories, like I, I'm not ready for this role, or um, I'm not good enough for this, right? And she talks about a process for dealing with that. And one of the questions you ask yourself, is it really true? Is that really true? And if you start thinking about things from that context, then you say, no, it's really not true. So what is the thing that you're most afraid of? And how do you create an action plan or uh, the opposite, right? So you're fearing something, but what's the best thing that could happen? So it's a mind a mindset shift. in the right context. Better Managing Teams is a job that no leader will ever truly finish. And so many this year shared books that help them better build relationships, better problem solve, and better spend their time. We'll start with Alyssa Auberge. Alyssa is the Chief Sustainability Officer of Baker McKenzie, the global law firm. She had a non-traditional route to being a lawyer, starting with a career first as a pianist. She shared a classic business book that she's reread, Finding New Insights. Here's Alyssa on Give and Take, all by organizational psychologist Adam Grant. I'm a huge fan of Adam Grant. He
4: wrote a book called Give and Take that I read a long time ago that I've recently started rereading and I have to say it resonates with me as much this time around as it did the first time so definitely
0: recommend that one and a friend of mine sorry plug for a friend wrote a book that I find really good called become the
4: fire and it's a variety of women's leaders stories So, more inspirational but kind of helps you pull out your unique characteristics and why that's
0: powerful and why that's something to embrace as opposed to downplay. You know, being the only whatever is actually a good thing. So that's another book that I would recommend by Elisa Schmitz. Fahd Jamaladeen is a social entrepreneur, education consultant, reform advocate, and world economic form global shaper. He has been designing and running initiatives for national schools reform in Lebanon for the past 10 years. His pick was also from Adam Grant, and one that prompts new thinking and approaches.
5: Okay, I'm I'm actually reading um, uh, for Adam Grant, uh, Think Again. I think it's a it's a brilliant book uh, that also comes within this ki- kind of similar philosophy that we are talking uh, in this uh, podcast, uh, which is which is the importance of rethinking our tools, our um, assumptions, because the the world is changing so fast, and so should our tools that we utilize. Uh, should change. Uh, uh, And I think any leader, uh, leading any uh, organization, uh, uh, or even doesn't have to be a leader, I think we all need to rethink our tools and assumptions. uh, Because many times we are blinded by our visions. Uh, So when we open it up and uh, try to ask different questions um, uh, that help us to rethink uh, uh, what we have been doing for the past X number of years. I think this is where also innovation kicks in.
0: Cassandra Mao is the chief strategy officer at Halo Car, a startup based in Nevada that has built technology that allows it to remotely drive cars, ensuring you don't need to drive to a rental counter or walk to a zip car, and helps tackle overconsumption of automobiles. Her pick is a fit for any leader looking to build good habits in a growing team or organization. Um, I read a great book recently,
6: actually, on on management, which is called The Making of a Manager. And just, you know, I'm at the beginning of my own leadership journey. And it was a really interesting kind of very densely packed set of kind of insights and thoughts about how to approach leadership. And, you know, here at Davos, it's, it's very interesting thinking about our leadership as this kind of set of decisions that we make, the business decisions that we make. But actually, leadership is so much more, right? It's about how you lead. It's about how you work with the people in your organization and how they feel in their life and how they feel in their role. And so I've been really enjoying reading that book and and kind of getting my head around that dual role, right? As a decision maker, but also as a leader. Your traits as a person are magnified as a leader, right? And so becoming a leader and crafting and choosing a leadership style is really a journey of thinking about who you are and thinking about who you want to be, right? And I think the even just reading and thinking about how to put yourself in another person's shoes when you're having a tough feedback conversation, for example, I think it's very humbling to, to go on that journey. And um, I think people who read that book will, yeah, it will be useful in, in other aspects of their life, not just as a manager.
0: Lastly, several of our leaders shared book recommendations that can help leaders put the work that they do into greater context give themselves a little bit of a gut check whether the work they're doing is really helping to move the needle forward in a bigger way. Benji de la Pena is the CEO of the Shared Youth Mobility Center and the chair of the Global Network for Popular Transportation. The Shared Youth Mobility Center gives technical assistance to communities and cities that are trying to roll out more ways to help their communities get around without using a car. He had a few great picks for us, including a history book, but also a book on social gratitude, to help us get focused on the right things. Here's Benji.
7: Autonorama, uh, Peter Norton's Autonorama that basically says, you know, the promises of new technology is always this whole, oh, this will solve it later on when we get it. And it kind of ignores what is currently here. He's a he's an auto historian. So he then also looks at what are all the promises and what changes that we do in the system to accommodate more cars. Uh, so I would recommend that Autonorama Uh, The other one, not related to city, is a book that I just finished by uh, uh, Dana Butler Bass called Gratitude. And she talks not just about personal gratitude, but kind of societal gratitude of what do we need to do to have a a more gracious, and I don't mean that in good manners and right conduct, gracious, but uh, a society that knows it owes both the past and the future and acts accordingly. And I think That has implications in sustainability. Uh, And we learned this right from indigenous communities of thinking of whatever we're doing in seven generations, both the three and a half generations past and the three and a half generations ahead. What does this mean? So this kind of long term thinking, uh, maybe to think beyond the shiny baubles that technology promises us uh, and to think really in terms of what are the outcomes we're really working towards? Right. Are these the right steps forward, or if they're not the right te- steps forward, are we at least not, uh, I, at least not uh, precluding other solutions by, by taking paths that then we can't back up from? So it's always kind of this, both a graciousness of the past and a grace towards the future, uh, but on, on the technology side, welcoming technology, but understanding that they are part of systems and they are not solutions in themselves, we have to be very clear about the problem we want to solve rather than having the technology define the problem for
0: us. Angela Williams is the first black female CEO of United Way Worldwide one of the world's largest privately funded charities and a nonprofit that helps communities in more than 30 countries provide things like healthy food and safe drinking water, or even better job or educational opportunities. She shared with me what anyone can learn from taking a second look at the
8: Bible, especially the book of John. Here's Angela. My favorite book should not be a surprise. Just because we just talked about the fact that I am both a lawyer and a minister is the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it's it. great. It has tons of interesting stories. And one thing I have come to learn is that it doesn't matter what century you're in, human beings are human beings. Uh, if, if someone, whether they,
0: they've read it before or whether they're sort of coming to parts it for this first time, what would you recommend them to be thinking about
8: as they go through it? Well, the Christian Bible has the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so I would say the the first book to read is um, the Book of John. Jen, why is that? Because it's the basic essence of what it means to live in society. It shares about how we should treat each other. And it talks about two basic principles. The first principle is love God which means being a spiritual person. And then second is loving your neighbor as yourself. And that is something we fail to see active in society because we live in a society now of sound bites and labels where people talk over each other. They're mean to each other. They're angry. And if we can get to a place where we love each other as we love ourselves, I think societies will be so much better off.
0: Tia Gordon is the CEO and founder of It's Electric. That's a startup that she founded to help ease the transition to clean energy, leveraging electric power from buildings rather than utilities to power cars. We talked about a range of big challenges that are facing the planet, and her book selection can help us think a little bit more seriously during very serious times.
4: So one of the books um, that I've read numerous times is a book called The Devil Never Sleeps and it's how we're living in a time of endless disaster. And I began reading this book right before Russia invaded Ukraine. I'm sitting with you now in October of 2023, after uh, there's been now um, attacks in Israel um, and and in Gaza. And it's true that we are living in a period of time where it's going to be endless disaster that's going to be a combination of man rot and climate rot. And so how do we work forward to prevent this? And I can't fix the man side, but I can fix the climate side. There's two positions you can take, either the before or the after. And in both cases, uh, the author really kind of lays out how she put forward plans for both the before and the after. During her work, I believe she was part of the Obama administration to mitigate or to prevent. Um, And these are the two mindsets we need to be in right now. If anyone's working even close to the climate space is you're either working to mitigate after it happens and you need to have your plan A, your plan B, your plan C or you're working to prevent. And then how do you get there fastest?
0: Martine Furlon is the CEO of Mercer, one of the world's largest human resource consultancies. When we talked, she shared the books that have shaped her, including a history on Winston Churchill that helps leaders see hope, even in times of crisis. Here's Martine. During the pandemic, I really enjoyed reading. It was not a, a leadership book really, but it's called The Splendid in the Vile by Eric Larson. And it's the first year in office of Winston Churchill. And first of all, I was thinking, oh, okay, it's much less worse. It will be, we're going to be fine. Uh, but just the lessons in leadership in that book, was um, it was really inspiring. What kind of lessons? Re- uh, resilience, grit, faith. Bounded optimism in terms of saying, we'll get out of this, we'll get somewhere, we have faith, we have what it takes to get through this, we'll do it together. We don't know if it's tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, or in six months, but the bounded optimism that we will prevail, uh, I I think, was the key lesson. And lastly, this year, we had the most thoughtful conversation with Didier Elzinga. He's the CEO of Melbourne-based software firm CultureAmp. And he talked to me how leaders can manage the toughest moments at work. He also talked to me about some of his favorite books that help leaders rethink how they use their most precious resource, their time. I'll let Didier explain.
2: Uh, I'm I'm a huge reader. So there's like hundreds of books, but probably the book that I would recommend the most to other leaders is The Power of Full Engagement by Jim Lur and Tony Schwartz. Um, Terrible cover, terrible title. Uh, Jim Lur is a sports psychologist the the core of the book is what we need to do is manage energy not time and he talks about the the rituals and the behaviors that you create around different types of energy and so it's fundamentally interesting and important to what i was talking about before around attention and other things and as a leader it gets right to the heart you've got physical mental emotional and spiritual energy and we tend to be Overtrained and under supported in different ones, depending on our lives. So that's the book I would recommend.
0: And if someone read that, how would it shape them? How would it impact them?
2: Uh, once again, it goes back to when we think about productivity, we're constantly thinking about how do I spend my time. But the point that they make in the book is that the energy that you bring to that time is probably more determinative of the outcome than the time itself. So understanding for yourself how to manage your days and your life and putting in appropriate rituals to allow you to have the energy when you need it, not just the time.
0: And those were the books that changed the lives of the leaders from 2023. Thanks so much to them and thanks so much to you for listening. A transcript of this episode and my colleagues episodes of Radio Davos are all available at wef.ch slash podcasts. This episode of Meet the Leader was presented and produced by me, with Juan Toran as studio engineer for interviews recorded at the annual meeting in Davos, Edward Bailey for interviews recorded at the Sustainable Development Impact Summit in New York, Eve Schaffner for those recorded in Detroit at the Urban Transformation Summit, and thanks go out to Taz Callahan edits. Gareth Nolan for Driving Studio Production, and Robin Pomeroy for guidance all year round. That's it for now. I'm Linda Lucina with the World Economic Forum. Have a wonderful rest of 2023 and a great start to the year ahead.